Testing, testing. Let me get it testing. Testing, testing. One, two. Put some bass in your voice, sir. Testing, testing. One, two. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, welcome to the BZ Podcast. This is Zay. I am still holding it down in the absence of Brit. Um, she stepped away from the pod. Everybody who is a, a longtime listener knows that she just welcomed a baby boy into the world. So, of course, what comes with that is a little time away, and we're all for it. Um, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, please note this is not the norm. So we're playing with different formats. Uh, nonetheless, thank you for tapping into another episode. I believe this is episode 133. Yeah, I think that's it. And uh, we're, we're toying around. We're toying around with the format. And uh, I got tired of doing these shits by myself for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's hard to keep up a conversation and uh, not have people to bounce ideas off of. So joining me today in his first appearance on a podcast, period, is Mr. Jarrell Forbes. What's happening, y'all? How y'all doing? I'll be co-piloting this bitch today. Word. Um, so Jarrell is a co-worker of mine. He's actually been mentioned on the pod a few times, most notably. Most notable <laughs> Here mention. Go. Here we go. <laughs> we start off top. Like, <laughs> yo, for our, for our listeners, for our listeners, understand that like this pod is going to get drastically more immature <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> drastically <laughs> can't even look at this guy oh my god i can't believe he's so ugly um <laughs> yeah so he was most notably uh uh mentioned on this pod for um a topic that we talked about was just booty play <laughs> booty play ja has a apprehension of anything going by his butt okay <laughs> no you're not sir we're not doing that you're not gonna come on my pod and get me canceled <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I don't know if you listened to that episode, but that was pretty hilarious. So give us an update. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you're looking for in this case. Just, just I mean, put him on the spot. I said what I said, all right? He said what he said. All right, so pretty much the premise of what we're talking about is as men, things can be construed as gay pretty easily. Indeed. Yeah. Pretty easily. Especially when it has to do with butt play. You're doing it with an actual woman. It's true. Right? It's true. Somehow it still can be screwed as gay. So for like the last couple of years, I've been trying to see how much I can push Ja <laughs> to see like where, where the limits where's are. Where's the line at? Yeah, where's that line at? Um, I set up the premise that if like the baddest woman in the world came to him and said, yo, you can do whatever, all the filth and nasty stuff that Ja <laughs> might have in his little evil imagination, his degenerate ass, uh-huh. um, you can do whatever you want, but you got to get your booty played with. And he was on the fence. And I'm, I think this is progress. I think it's definitely progress because you could have asked me that, you know, a year ago and I'd be like, man, hell nah. But thinking about this topic for a little bit and actually like, I mean, you do have a point. What's my point? I mean, the point is, is that if it's a woman that's the one partaking in and doing it to you, then what what would make it gay? And I I don't I don't know. Yeah, this is like like this is really progress because a couple of years ago. The position of a man's legs, according to Job, would tell him whether he's gay. Now he said, if he, if you, if you got your legs up and you pull your legs back a certain way, like yeah, it's man, such, you so. making two fists to hold your knees up and whatnot, <laughs> man. That's too much, yo. Yeah, you just knocked my damn, knocked my damn, my damn headphones off. Anyway, yo, I did not want to start the pod talking about ass how are you ja i'm all right man hanging in there you know what i mean you hanging in there you good same shit different day you know just getting used to this morning shift new job new position 
You know well, word, that. word. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate you. Oh, he's still working in the same spot. Job been running around the office acting like new money. I'm gonna be a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> he got some new money. He was working out in the bindery and now he's in the office. This and this man is a damn liar, man. He's a damn liar. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> not with that haircut. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not yeah. With, yeah not with the haircut. Jai has a six year old haircut. He got frohawk right you now. Said I got a <laughs> frohawk. <laughs> he got frohawk right now with a part in it. That's when you know nigga getting new money Let's when see. he start putting the part in it listen man i take the feedback and uh you know ladies say they like it so that's what's cool that, that's that's what you do it's I mean, working for you huh? I, I know not to take a uh, hair advice from a uh, man that has no hair so <laughs> <laughs> touche yo speaking of that i ain't been in a barbershop in a mad long son no I mean, no nah, i just line my own shit up nowadays i mean i do a little bit of that every now and again to kind of keep it up but after like three weeks man you got to go into the barbershop bro. Going, yeah, yeah you gotta cool. get that part that part yeah. retouched up right the, the part yeah man you gotta play around with the part a little bit too <laughs> I think it's like you really got in the mirror and said this gonna kill him i mean like because he was getting this haircut without the part and then one day he woke up and was looking at his haircut and he was like i need something more something more <laughs> that's all it takes sometimes sometimes just a little a little bit extra and it's just like man that's a whole new cut yo but how old are you uh, I'm about to be 36 in September. All right. You don't think that as we get a little older, you start playing with your hairstyle in like a, an attempt to. Don't say midlife crisis kind of way. I'm not going to say midlife crisis, <laughs> but like in an attempt to like kind of still feel. Eh, I mean, maybe, I guess. It's just, I don't know, the same cut all the time and whatnot. It just gets a little boring, don't it? I mean, I guess this is what women go through all the time, ain't it? That's facts. That's <laughs> facts. See, this is what, what comes down to this is that I don't have any hair, so I don't have options. <laughs> yeah, I know I, that's right. Yeah, I was on a pod. I was on a pod talking about how my only option is whether i'm gonna fade my beard or not <laughs> that's about yeah, it maybe put, uh, put some blonde bleach blonde in there something i don't know i'm not highlighting my beard sir you you watch your fucking mouth <laughs> yo if you ever came into work with some shit like that mm-hmm. man no, absolutely it's, not it's never it's never gonna end <laughs> absolutely not but uh speaking of barbershops right <clears throat> you have brought up a topic do you cheat on your barber me personally i do not and my barber he all the way in rollway i'm in tom's river over here man that's an hour away and you make that travel all the time barbers are very important i ain't gonna hold you absolutely shout out to the barbers how's your relationship with your barber i mean i've known dude since i was in elementary school first grade and uh he used to cut for a guy named braggs uh back in the day decided to go into business for himself so once he did it's like yo i help support you man and then been going to do it ever since oh that's what's up shout out your barber what's your barber's name uh t T-liners and whatnot. Um, used to have PlayStation in there, boy. I used to be playing 2K. Like, he used to have some... St- the barbershop is the place to be, yo. Like, it really I, is. Like, it really is. I miss that. I ain't gonna hold you. Like, me not yeah. going to the barbershop as often. Yeah. But, like, I do miss that that banter, that, that camaraderie. camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know? And, you know, you always bounce something off of your barber, but then there's other barbers in there, too, and everybody get involved. Yeah, when the whole barbershop start going nuts, like, that feeling, that euphoria, like, it's just no emulating that anywhere else. In my opinion. You tell your secrets to your barber? I mean, I think we all do. We all. The, the, the hairstylist gets uh, what's going on, the current events. Yeah, yeah gets all the tea and what's happening. Absolutely. So, like, the barber, like, they, they probably don't get enough credit, but they kind of like the priestess of the hood. Pretty much. It's like a confessional. It's like, uh-huh. forgive me, I have sinned, and you exactly. tell them exactly what's been going on, right? <laughs> exactly. I think it's healthy, to be honest with you. Yeah. True. Uh, you got to get it out Those somewhere. are like the only spaces, I guess, and I don't want to turn this into like the man podcast, yeah. but like, those are like, that's kind of like the space for men. Yeah. I I go for that. All right. You go for that? I go for that. Like you kind of can talk openly. Absolutely. You know, and- there's no reason to hide anything. Who are you going to tell? Who are you telling? That's facts. Right? <laughs> I 
that's all you really need is some confidentiality. It's better than a therapist when well, you don't got to pay for it. I mean, you paying for your cut, but you ain't paying. What do therapists charge nowadays? Oh, I don't know. Something we black. Crazy. We don't go to therapy. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. Which might be unhealthy too, but very. that's another topic. You ever, while you was getting your hair cut, been talking about something that like you wouldn't speak about? Around the opposite sex And then a woman comes in And it changed the whole mood Of the entire barbershop Oh absolutely I think uh, Not even so much a woman In this case But um, Just an outsider Like yo 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 Like chill out <laughs> You gotta stop talking about What you're talking about <laughs> Go to basketball Or something like that Way to clear a room <laughs> Word is wrong Alright uh, I mean I guess Let's move on yo So you got this new position At work man How you feeling I mean The work itself it's a bit of a learning curve, but you know, more so navigating the politics is what I was told initially. Navigating the office politics. That's from coming from the warehouse. The warehouse, we all family over there. Everybody, you know, shoot the shit, whatever. Yeah, y'all had no like no supervision. You was working second shift. Like you kinda got to do whatever you want. Now you got the other thing too. Second shift is way different than working in the morning, man. Right. In the mornings we got the bosses around and whatnot. Everybody's all quiet, kinda keep to themselves and whatnot. But you know, I'm across from uh the homie and we kinda just Chop it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chopping it up. And I don't know if the other people in the office can't take it, but I don't know. I always feel like there's a bit of like scorn sometimes, maybe like kind of focused on us. I mean, we also the two black ones in the room. So there's that. But I don't, I tend to not go there unless, you know, give me a reason to. Mm -hmm. But. How how much do you decide in like a work environment? How much to divulge about your personal life? Or how invested do you get in other people's? Now, the way I've always carried it is like, I'm just here to do a job. Mm -hmm. I'm really not necessarily here to make friends. There's certain things I wouldn't bring up in the office, but other people are kind of like, Frugal. I don't know. Yeah, like they kind of get invested in people's personalities. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. How, how, you, how do you feel about the office politics? Because you coming from like kind of a manufacturing type joint where it's kind of more free form. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, I treat it the same way I would anybody you know what i mean if i if i fuck with you i fuck with you if i don't i don't you know so some people we can bullshit and just like be uh friendly you know oh uh somebody might tell me what they got into this weekend oh all right yeah that's cool and then that'll be it you know what i mean i try to move on get back to work and the other people i mean i'm gonna get into it we're gonna we gonna, go ahead go yeah. for it go for it you know we're going to uh talk about uh sex capades man you know oh yeah you did what <laughs> You know, I'm I, not mentioning no names on here, but, uh, you know, there's some people that, uh, you know, they share a lot of information. They divulge a lot of personal, you know, intimate stuff. This is an interesting topic because, like, what's the vetting system for something like that? Yeah. Like, how do you determine that somebody is cool enough to, like, to bridge that type of uh, I guess relationship? Maybe it just kind of comes down to, like, reaching out. You know what I mean? Like, uh if I'm there at work and all you say is, you know, it's a high and buy kind of thing, then that's one thing. But if it's a high, you know, kind of tell me about your weekend kind of thing, and then we talk back and forth. That's all. It's just same way you build up a relationship anywhere else. Okay. How do you deal with confrontation at work? Ah, confrontation. <laughs> I mean... I'll tell you how I deal with it. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't even get involved. No? No, no. Like, it's easy for me to just go... Whatever. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's not personal kind of thing? I mean... I can, we can move on. I don't think people care about our office politics. Work banter and whatnot. I yeah, mean, fuck. honestly, you can make a show out of it, I think, though. I think so. I had an idea for a podcast. A podcast? Yeah, I'm going to pitch it to you. Ready? Oh, uh, all right. Go ahead. All right. So, I have an idea for a podcast, and it's called The, An the Anonymous Husband. The Anonymous Husband. I the like The Anonymous that. Husband podcast. <laughs> I like it a lot. The idea would be to have... 
husbands on around the world <laughs> this is an open invite and they can come out and air out any grievances that they might not feel comfortable speaking on and it would be totally anonymous we might even put the voice Do a over Zoom voice. call and have them all blacked out and whatnot they look like anonymous like they like they just released a hack and shit uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i think that would be dope because me a person who is not married i you know what's really bad about about married people and Jai's married by the way y'all and his wife's not here that's why we talking shit uh-huh. um, you know what's what is scary like if you talk to married folks it just seems like they're so unhappy i mean even before i got married they tell you the same shit man they say hey listen man yeah live it. you only a few years in so you know live yeah, it up while you can yeah. they what is something. that i don't know man what is that I but like there yet. i feel like when you talk to men it's just like a a, <laughs> a, a sad life of desperation of just un unexpressed <laughs> expressed <laughs> angst we have a co-worker that you know what we talk about we have a co-worker that it just seems like he's a miserable person he's miserable like he's he's happy when we're geeking and stuff mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when you ask some personal questions you're like don't do it uh-huh nope just uh... how long you been married for my daughter's three four years now oh wait i just met his daughter today lovely beautiful little girl it's crazy because i thought i brought her by the job i thought she was there but i was wrong um what are your takeaways after three years of marriage Four years. Four years. So you trying to get me in trouble already. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Nah, um, basically, I mean... Don't say nothing incriminating, sir. No, nothing at all. I mean, we've been together for 15 plus years, you know, so we was pretty much living together and doing this lifestyle anyway. Only thing that's new is the house and the baby. So okay. for me, it's nothing. We've we, we been through all of those growing pains and whatnot, so we'll, we'll see what the future holds, I guess. You know, now we got the house and the baby, you know, money and stuff like that becomes the issue. Mm. So outside of that, though, everything is gravy, yo. Everything is Gucci. That's awesome. <laughs> you sure? I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got mean, you. That's my man. That's my man. I'm not trying to put him in no incriminating spot or nothing like that. I'm not going to press you. I mean, all right, maybe there's some things, all right? Everybody kind of goes, some things change because the baby's in the picture now, right? So she wakes up in the middle of the night. I mean, there's been some times, man, I've been balls deep. <laughs> and then the baby wake up, it's like, oh, my God, yo. Uh, like, do you finish while she's screaming her lungs out and you got the baby monitor on and whatnot? That's like psychopath shit, yo. That's crazy, That's yo. psychopath I can't do it. Shit, yeah. I can't no, do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So would you say, like, people, like, legit kind of overblow the marriage the marriage thing as far as like um like the problems that may arise in marriage are the same problems that would arise in a relationship pre-marriage i mean i think everybody's different you know it's just what what gets on your nerves you know what what (laughs) where's your breaking point Mm -hmm. you know for me maybe a few years ago might have been different but i'm older now and whatnot a lot of shit don't phase me no more yeah i feel you all right so i got a question do you think it was a bigger jump for marriage as opposed to cohabitating because hmm. learning how to live with somebody is is a a, a different thing like it relationships is. be great but relationships a lot of times are great because you have that space you can retreat to and you just need to need some alone time or true, whatever true but i think it might be a more of a learning curve to cohabitate than it is to get married like like i said for us like pretty much since we started dating we've been hanging out with each other every single day which for a lot of people psychos <laughs> what the hell's wrong with y'all no nah, that's good you gotta be able to hang out with your with your significant other yeah so i mean the cohabitating part maybe in the beginning but that was so long ago i couldn't even really remember what it felt like i mean how about for you your relationships i've never lived with a girlfriend 
Really? Nah, I never lived with a girlfriend. Like in college, um, you know, you would have a girl stay over for an extended time, but right, right. never actually lived with a girlfriend. I've, I've lived with women, though. Uh-huh. I've lived with women. I lived like with Brad. Like on a dorm or something? Um, we had an apartment. Oh, all right. Me and Brad had an apartment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what it's like to... To, to, to have a significant other. Yeah, in to the have house a significant you. other. Oh, here's house. a good one. When, when is the part... Uh, I can't remember when it happened, but like where one of y'all is in the bathroom handling your business taking a shit or something like that and then the other one decides to just come in like it's like it's normal that's weird that's really I've only weird. ever had that happen peeing really I don't think I've ever took a shit in front of somebody I listen I shit like like <laughs> I can shit six times a day I can shit I can shit three times before 11 yeah, a.m. Fire all day. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can shit three times before 11 a.m. so so it ain't nothing I to me I see you it's, going to the bathroom it, all the time at work too yeah. I, <laughs> nah, that's that's the social media check. Oh, all right, just hang out on the toilet you're, for a little bit. You're, you're a mental health uh, break. Exactly, you gotta no, get away yeah. from your desk, yo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm more worried about. I'm not worried about me pooping and them coming. I'm worried about them. Vice versa. Yeah, I'm worried about them. No, not even. I'm saying, I don't think that's why I don't really get into the butt play because like I know what comes, <laughs> what comes out, out of my, yeah what comes out of there I don't want to put you through that like I don't want you in the bathroom while I'm blowing this shit, <laughs> shit the fuck up. listen man What's there's been times you? where uh oh yeah it's still weird to be honest with you I, there's times now where I'm in there brushing my teeth she's like yo I gotta go I'm like yo I'm brushing my teeth here like I don't they don't even feel clean y'all been together so long though it's true but it's still it, it just it it still doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's like you're not supposed to be in here, yo. I really feel like like that's the that's the time I want to myself. It's true. I, I want I want that time to myself. Bathroom time is very important to me. I usually lock the door for the most part, but uh, she, you know she always comes to the door like, "Why the door locked?" Like, "Cause I'm in here." Like, "What you mean?" <laughs> oh man. Um. So you know we we was talking about marriages and stuff like that. Um. What are your take on destination weddings? <laughs> huh. Funny, because I'm actually going to one next year. So how do you feel? Try to talk as candidly as possible without causing issues in your personal life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's no secret that destination weddings are expensive. You know, if you decide to go, then you got to put out, you know, a lot of money to make it happen. And, um, you know, you're benefiting the bride and groom. They're the ones that are the beneficiaries of, uh, you know, not having to worry about, you uh, price for a normal venue normal venues sometimes run like 20 g's like do you save that much on it like where are they getting married at we're going in the grill in our case uh jamaica i know but there's no venue you have to pay for there or is it just yeah, so, I mean, cheap? it's gonna be at the resort but yeah it'd be a lot cheaper because it's all inclusive you get the resort you know what i mean you get a space you'll mm -hmm. get uh you know depending on how many guests you get there too like it all works into like a package kind of deal and it's way way cheaper than doing it if you were to do it you know, somewhere local. Okay. I mean, for us and our wedding, we kind of your wedding was popping. I ain't gonna hold you. Appreciate listeners, that. listeners. Yeah. I didn't understand the importance of a cocktail hour until I went to your wedding. Absolutely. I've been Absolute. to a few of them. Y'all spared no expense on that cocktail hour. Absolutely. And the thing was, is that place, man, it was like they gave us great deals. Like the venue itself, I think, was like maybe it was gonna be twelve, and then it was like if you pay cash. Yeah. So you could say any number. Any number, and well, I'm gonna say it's, it's only, not a great deal. <laughs> I mean, if you pay cash, that's the one thing. If when it does happen for you, mm -hmm. if you can pay cash, pay cash because a lot of them will take off the tax and whatnot. It brought it down to like nine five, mm -hmm. and that was huge for us. It was like anything we can save, well, you get it in cash. But uh, as far as the destination wedding thing, you know, what I mean, it's overall it's way cheaper than you know 
for the, traditional for the bride and groom. For the bride and groom, yeah. If you're a guest, I mean, you know what you're paying for. And in my case, I'm the best man, so yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> stuck. Yeah, but I don't think people people understand the duties of a best man and how much work it actually is. It is. And when I was a best man, like making sure all the groomsmen had their tuxes yeah. on time was a thing. It's true. Uh, in the case of like my situation with the destination wedding, they're more so in the driver's seat of all of this stuff because there's a lot of uh, moving parts, I guess. For everybody to book the hotel, uh, you know, with enough availability for uh, you get your flights, everything down packed. Oh, we're going on these dates. So they're more in the driver's seat. They're talking to me. Oh, my cousin, he hit me up uh, a couple days ago telling me about uh, even a bridal shower. And I'm like, ain't that supposed to be up to the bridesmaids or yeah, you know, that's somebody not be really handling? your thing? Yeah, they're kind of, you know, doing something not traditional. So I'm like, all right, man, everything's up in the air. This is, it's all. Hold on. Were they expecting you to do the bridal? I mean, he kind of wanted me involved in it. I got he's asking me to put out some money for it too, and I'm like, man, like you're asking a lot. That's that's, that's tickets. That's tickets. All right, so here's here's the question: Um, If they're asking you to go to a destination joint, are they still getting a gift? So I'm trying to decide on that (laughs) because. Is, is it's you, my cousin too He's your, family Yeah of course Is your cousin gonna be Listening to this pod He might I don't know I'm, I'll put him on to it It is what it is He can listen <laughs> But um, I don't know We'll see I'll, I'll see where I'm at I also gotta worry about I got a home to come home to You know I got daughter support Family support So You gotta do what's best for you This bonus that we just got Help though Yo stop What are you talking about Don't don't bring that up. Oh, you trying to hide that? Yeah, hell yeah. We don't want niggas knowing you got money. That's when the ski mask come down. <laughs> I mean, we all been wearing ski masks for the last year and a half, so. Not you. You you free now. How you feel about that? We'll get to that later. We're going to get to that later. Um, yo, so I have, a, I have a take on destination weddings. Okay, go ahead. Right. I feel like destination weddings are a tactical way of weeding out who you really want there. Hmm. Potentially, because like everyone knows that like when you're going through your list okay. of people you want at your wedding, there's people that you put on the list because you just feel like you have to. That's true. Those acquaintances, like you know, they really don't need to be there. And everybody got them on each side: the groom side, the the extended family. Yeah, and all the extended that. Yeah. family. You know what I mean? So you kind of flip it on them, put them in the position like, how bad do you really yeah, want to be yeah, here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, so I think it's a good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, I think it's a good way to weed out. That's a you good know take. What I mean, yeah. who, who you want there? That's a good take. So you gotta put like obstacles in front of them. <laughs> how many hoops you gonna jump through? Yeah, how many hoops gonna jump through? Really want to be here, yo? That's uh-huh. my that's my uh, my take on. Not a bad take, yo. Nah, but in it's in this case, it's a it's a vacation also. So some people just like. Would you book actually a couple days? Uh we did. We did. Because, you know, weddings are stressful. Weddings are stressful, especially when you're a part of them. Absolutely. Like, you jumping and going places, have to do this, that, and the third. Absolutely. So. Especially going to another country in this case, too. So Right. You, know, we're you said Jamaica? The, yeah. It's Jamaica? The grill Jamaica, yep. Yeah. Ah. You know, we'll just be getting there, you know, sh- straight to work, pretty much. Get to the resort, check in, you know, have to go over whatever details, you know, need to get done, as far as I know, at least right now. I mean, I was still almost a year out, but... No, good luck with that, sir. Hey, man, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. I mean, one one quick thing before you uh, segue. Uh, um, being the best man, like, I never in my life really imagined that I would be anybody's best man. But if it why was... Not? If you got close relationships. I mean, I really... I do, but I don't know. A lot of my friends, sometimes, I don't even know if they have the desire to get married. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
my cousin, I said, he was my best man. So I said, if anybody was going to be, or if I was going to be anybody's best man, it'd be his. So, and that's exactly what happened. Oh, that's an honor. Yeah. All right. Um, we talk on all this personal shit. Let's get into some topics. All right. So you put me up on this, right? And it was people at a Walmart somewhere in Texas <laughs> on the 4th of July. The All the customers stopped and in unison sung the national anthem. So... Listeners, please look this up when y'all got the time, because this is about the most American shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, that's one way to describe it. All right, so how would you describe it? <laughs> I mean, I, I look at who the ones that are singing the national anthem in Walmart. That's what I go to first and foremost. <laughs> you got to expound. What are we I talking mean, about? Is, I think it's somewhere. Uh, what, what was it, Kentucky, maybe, I think it was? Oh, it was Texas. Oh, it might have been Texas, actually. Yeah, you're right, you're right. That sounds real, that's some Texas shit. Yeah, it's definitely some Texas shit, but, you know, it's a whole bunch of white people, man. It's a whole bunch of white people in Walmart putting their hands over their chest and everything. And my thing that I went to is, you know, I'm in Walmart, I'm shopping, I'm... This looks weird. Y'all all weird. This is mad bizarre. <laughs> what are y'all doing? I'm walking to the front, probably, at some point, and, you know... I just I could just imagine what kind of commotion that would have caused. That if you were in there and you you weren't stopped, uh-huh. took your hat off and yeah, hand exactly. on the chest and exactly. And, you know I mean? Okay, <laughs> all right. As a black man, especially, you know, what, what do you think happens in that situation? I don't know. I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want no parts. I, don't want, I do not want to be there. <laughs> this led me. This led us to a, a funny little discussion about um, holidays by race. Oh, all right. Right. So I. I made a little analogy, right? So Thanksgiving is the black people as 4th of July is the white folk. Absolutely. I think, you know, black people love Thanksgiving. I, and it might just be a love of food for real, for real. I think it's the food and it's also the just being around other people and shooting the shit too. But you get that in other holidays. I guess that's true too. You get food other holidays too, Christmas. But not like Thanksgiving. I guess. Thanksgiving, like that is a food. That, that's my favorite. Is that your favorite? Thanksgiving, absolutely. Okay, all right. Um, So I'm trying to figure out like, why that is and i got a couple points okay all right so i think white people love fourth of july so much number one it's minimal chef expertise minimal chef expertise okay barbecue, barbecue yep. you just pour barbecue you don't got to season shit uh-huh. if you season it it's better but for the most part you can't lose pouring barbecue sauce and throwing some shit on the grill true. as long as it's cooked right it's true so number two is is it's casserole friendly casserole friendly okay <laughs> I don't think I ever had a casserole at a 4th of July party. All right, but like not even just casserole, like, you know, like potato salads and, okay. and the macaroni salads. They can put the craisins in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they go crazy and crazy. <laughs> they can go crazy and crazy, put apples and shit. Like, they uh-huh. can do all that. All right, so then the third thing was fireworks. Definitely the fireworks. Blowing shit up. Love blowing shit up. They have a long history of blowing shit up. Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They have a long history of that. Like, I know, like, we like fireworks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But our shit stop at, like, Roman candles. And, and side note, y'all, I seen motherfuckers shooting Roman candles at each other uh-huh. over this past 4th of July. Yo, y'all got to cut that out. That shit's dangerous. You seen the people with the drone? They put them on a drone and then they had people <laughs> running, yo. Like, <laughs> bro, it, it kind of simulated like it was a helicopter shooting, like, missiles. Shut yo, up. it's crazy. They strapped it to this drone. That's nuts. <laughs> I got to see if I can find that for you. <laughs> But like I think like like with white folks, it's like anything that reminds them of the Rockets' red glare. Exactly, like yo, that's their part. Yeah, exactly. And the Rockets' red glare. Yep. 
<laughs> putting their hand to the chest. <laughs> Brings them back to the battlefield and shit. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's the, what do you call it, LARPing? That's, that's, the, that's the LARPing aspect of What's it. What's LARPing? LARPing is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you John acted brand new. Here you go. Nah, this is some geek shit is you what said it is. LARPing. What's LARPing? LARPing is, uh, it's a thing where, uh, these guys kind of dress up in like Lord of the Rings kind of like shit and kind of like live what out there. Is it their, cosplay? It's a cosplay thing, yeah, but they kind of live out their fantasies like with swords, wooden swords and whatnot going around fighting and shit each yeah, other. Who you been hanging out with, yeah? Nah, I mean, I've seen, there's a movie. There's a movie. I forget the name of it. But Why I'll, do you know the movie? Why did you say there's a movie? Like, I should know the movie. I'm, it's an old movie, man. I used to, I, I'm a movie buff, so I watch everything pretty much, but yeah, but um, I mean, that's essentially what it is for white people on, on these holidays, man. It's we get to live out, uh, you know, our dreams and whatnot, and blowing shit up and what. It, it's. I wonder how many American flag tank tops get sold around uh, July Fourth <laughs> in preparation for July. Oh, oh, the thing now is, is it can't be from China. Huh? Oh, so they they're like actually. Oh, they're looking to see yeah, if it's from China and whatnot. See now, you know, if black people really embodied like promoting black people shit, mm-hmm. we would go f- that Do far shit like in that. order in order to buy only black. So that's a problem. It's true. That's that's an issue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, speaking of national anthems, uh-huh. the black national anthem to be played at NFL games in the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. This season, the NFL has promised to prominently incorporate Lift Every Voice and Sing, which has been regarded as the black national anthem. The song will be played before key tent poll games, such as the NFL playoffs, uh, the draft, and the September 9th kickoff game, as well as parts uh, this comes this comes with the NFL's 10 year, 250 million dollar vow to combat racism. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that get you? I don't know. But like I needed to know why or when like the black national anthem was deemed the black national anthem. That's a good I don't question. even really like the song. I remember like growing up, going to the JFK, you know, with other black kids in the neighborhood and whatnot. And, you know, us learning the song and whatnot. So oh, y'all had to sing it. Oh, yeah. We had to do that. Lord's Prayer, all of that stuff. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. But um I think who was it? Uh Vanessa Williams, right? Wasn't she just singing it recently uh at a sporting event? Did and, she? I don't know. Yeah, and the people on Fox News, like Laura Ingram they lost their fucking mind. Are you serious? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, they was <laughs> tight. I have to sing the black national anthem. Like it's everything's an aggression to them, yo. Everything <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. Well, my my thing is like the black national anthem don't even slap. It's kinda boring. Yeah. I, I mean, think we need a new one. I think Bad and Bougie should be like the Black National Anthem or some shit. (laughs) Yeah, this was funny because like you bring up, what was it, Laura Ingram? Yeah. Bring up Laura Ingram and obviously white folks is going to have a problem with this, Mm -hmm. right? But what if they like started kneeling? If they started kneeling for the Black National Anthem? Honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past a lot of them. Like, what if Tom Brady started nailing and then, like, he gets blackballed from the NFL? Like, it's just like a total reversal. (laughs) That would never happen. You don't think so? (laughs) It would be crazy. I would love it. He the poster boy. You're the poster boy for the NFL. No, but what if, like, secretly, like, some, like, give me, like, a white company. What's the whitest company you can think of? The whitest company I can think of? Columbia. Columbia? (laughs) (laughs) What if, like, on the low, like, L.L. Bean or some shit, like, like. Izod shirts or something, like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. But, like, what if, like, on the low, like, they, they, like, gave them a, gave them a contract, like, Uh and then, like, don't, you remember, you remember how Nike did it with Colin Kaepernick? Uh Yeah. That would be some shit. That'd be fucking hilarious. What was the headline? What was the uh the slogan for Kaepernick? Uh, I don't know. Some oh shit. my god! Dumb shit. Risk, uh, sacrifice everything, even if, something like that. I forget what the hell it was. Some dumb shit. Yeah. 
But that, that pissed off white people too. Like, he ain't making any sacrifices. What are you talking about? <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice is to go in the military and die there. <laughs> oh, that makes me think of something. You ever heard of, what is it called? A e- it's called an ESG. ESG. You ever heard of ESG? No. All right, so check it. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, right? Okay. Investors are increasingly applying these non-financial factors as part of their analysis to process to identify material risk and growth opportunities. So when they talk about environmental, it's climate change, resource depletion, waste and pollution, deforestation. When it comes to social, it's working conditions, including the use of child labor, local Mm -hmm. communities, conflict, health uh, and safety for employee relations and diversity. When it comes to governance, it's executive pay uh corruption political affiliations and donations all that all that stuff right all right and so pretty much what they're doing is every company is now adopting a esg rating okay or a standard right and this is being used as a metric in order to see if that company is racist or not no 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 investors are looking at this rating to see if it's well uh, along with all the financial stuff that goes with it okay but it's kind of like a a social kind of currency right so i bring this up because obviously we know like these so-called progressive companies are really like peacocking i feel like Mm -hmm. they're peacocking in most cases i feel like they're not as as progressive as they're letting on but they just see this as a trend yeah these companies are gonna do based what's best for the bottom line it's it's capitalism is what it is yeah. So like, but now there's like a metric for it. So I don't like for one second automatically assume Nike standing by. Uh, you've heard of the Shikari, the Shikari Richardson. No. Shikari Richardson, the the runner that got banned from the Olympics. Okay, yeah. I've heard of right. That. So Nike's is standing by her right okay, now. Right. Would Nike be standing by her? If black people weren't the majority of yeah, their customers, like, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I just peeped that, and I didn't. I don't, I don't like. No, that. again, it's, it's, it's capitalism, man. That is finest. It's, you know, we're gonna try to, you know, appeal to the biggest sect of our customers possible. Maybe you can bring some people in mm-hmm. by doing this, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, they're really just looking for what's beneficial for their company at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, look at the, uh, I think it was, uh, is it Gay Pride Month this month, correct? Or was it last month? I think it was last month. It was last month, right? You know, all of these Gay Pride things popping up all over the place and whatnot. And, you know, most of those companies are giving uh, donations to Republican senators and congressmen who are completely against, against, uh, you know, LGBTQ community. So it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, like, but how do you, like, how do you determine if somebody's, like, motives are fucking genuine, you know? I don't know. I think you kind of have to look at the history. We got, you can't be lazy. You know, a lot of people are lazy when it comes to uh, That's fact. looking into these topics. But See, this is the thing that I like about Ja, and this is kind of why I like him having on the pod. Ja, you know, we might have differences of opinion, but Ja will go and research shit. And a lot of people don't go and do that. <laughs> Usually it's just to prove people wrong, too. But <laughs> that's a character flaw and a half but <laughs> but nah I genuinely like want to take in as much information as I can like I got a motto that like I want to believe as many true things as possible and as many false things and, and don't want to believe as many false things as possible that's a good motto yeah I think so in the age of like this this the information internet. Yeah. internet like how do you decipher because you can find whatever you're looking for okay. like like if you have a, a bias towards something mm-hmm. if you search it yep. especially if you're using Google I'm about to stop using Google 
Try I'm to about to else. stop using Google. It might be what's called Duck Duck, Duck, Duck Go. Go yeah. Might use Duck Duck Go, and I think there was another one. But like, it, it experiment for our listeners. Like, if you're trying to research something, trying to look something up, type it into Google first, mm-hmm. see what comes up, and then type it into like a Duck Duck Go type situation and see like the see the information that you're not getting because all the articles like you know you don't see nothing on google anymore and they run the fucking world it's true yeah i mean they push the information they want to push too right that's, right. There's, that's definitely a thing but i think everybody's doing that right uh, in what sense though like when you say everybody like facebook i guess uh I spe- all right so like all this like polarizing stuff like you can take whatever you want you can take vaccine anti-vaxxers this all that all this polarizing stuff like if you people have attached their identity to this shit it's true or either their identity or attach an an identity to Mm -hmm. the opposing view so when you start like personalizing things Mm -hmm. you're going to double down on what you're looking into you're going to search even if it's unbiased like you're going to search and then that doesn't even account for the censorship right that is apparent I think I try to have like some nuanced opinions on things like there are issues sometimes there's a liberal media and there's a right wing media. And, you know, I'm I'm a lefty. I'm, I'm as far left probably as it gets. And most See, I, I don't even like that. I know. Yeah. Like talking in those terms. Yeah. Like I don't even like that because I'm, like I feel like with certain things like they don't. All right. So, for instance, if we're talking about vaccines, mm-hmm. like like I don't like that anti-vaxxers are automatically assumed trumpers right i get you on that yeah so that's why i don't like attaching like the left and and right ideology to things i think that's a slippery slope i think that put people in a box i think it's basically it's a generalization is all it is yeah those are dangerous they can be they can be but um i mean if the shoe fits wear it in this case you know if it uh are we gonna say that most trump supporters are getting vaccinated or, or were vaccinated right away i mean probably right, not. i mean but it even goes as far as this like like if i'm against this vaccine does that mean i'm anti-vaccine against this one in particular no yeah no not at all but if and you, you can don't get the vaccine mm-hmm. i feel like those people are getting clumped in you know you're probably right in a lot of cases uh especially as it pertains to this uh this covid vaccine but um i don't know i'm talking generally as far as politics goes when i say that i'm a lefty like i'm for medicare for all you know i'm pro-choice mm-hmm. um things like that of that nature that's pretty static in most cases mm. but uh, there's room for nuance though I, and this is where i was getting into as far as like doing your research like i've looked up topics sometimes where you know I'm, i have an opinion on something and then i'm looking article after article you know if it doesn't support my view i have to reshape and kind of change my opinion on that then don't i yeah uh, yeah no for sure i mean that's what a logical person would do um but also like i'm finding like a weird line in which which how much of your opinion is your opinion how much of your opinion is influenced by obviously like our information gets filtered yeah like you know i mean we know that for for a fact yep but like so is it really your opinion or is it just what you're or is the algorithm exposing you to certain things i'm sure it's both yeah i don't i don't think we can answer that obviously like we're talking in like parables and shit it doesn't matter what topic you're talking about you're getting your information from somebody else who actually has done the work and you're not doing the work on any of this stuff right you could put that towards anything yeah but that person their research could be jeopardized by opinion and bias possibly but um I don't know until it's pointed out at least i don't have a reason necessary to believe that hmm. that's what it is it boils down to if i can if it can be shown that uh say with a certain study right when it comes to the covid vaccine that the methodology was 
you know, the methodology used to get the data was faulty. Mm. You know, look into that and say, all right, you know, they didn't consider for this factor, you know. And for me personally, that seems like something that might be important. Mm. Then maybe you disregard that study. You, you, know? Know, I, you know I want to get you and Tommy <laughs> in the same room. Uh-huh. I would love to have it. Just well, to battle that. I just want to moderate. a few times, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do it. I would love to. Do that shit would be like a from dusk till dawn type of conversation. Fact, it'd be a 24-hour you know? <laughs> podcast, yo. Just keep the cameras running. Going around the clock. <laughs> then y'all can fight after. <laughs> nah, um, nah, I mean, that's interesting. This kind of leads me into the next thing. So I believe it was this week. DeAndre Hopkins. You know, I don't know shit about football. Yeah, yeah. But he's good. Guy, yeah, he's nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he tweets. This, this was his tweet. He said, never thought I would say this, but being out, being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future with the at NFL. Mm-hmm. Hopkins tweet came in the wake of the NFL memo that described ramifications for teams that had COVID outbreaks during the 2021 season that decimate the positions group or entire roster. The NFL said a forfeit will be declared for a postponed game that can't be rescheduled within the 18 game framework of the season and is caused by an outbreak among an unvaccinated player of the team. In addition, if a forfeit occurs, both players uh, players on both teams would lose their game checks. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think this is a way they're circumventing having the right to tell you that you have to get vaccinated. Yeah. Right now they're playing on the polarization that exists between, you know, people that aren't comfortable with taking the vaccine and people that have already taken the vaccine and we're seeing this, right? Do you think that's right? Do you think that is a a way in which they can enforce something that they really don't have a constitutional right to enforce? Well, again, we got into this in the past that NFL is a privately owned business. It's a private entity mm-hmm. and whatever rules that they choose to impose and as a requirement for employment, they can do that. But that, if that's not an inqu- a requirement at the time that I sign my contract, you can just impose a new requirement? Well, we have to sign new contracts every year, don't we? When we, uh, we have to, what is our, at work, we have like FY22, whatever, we have to sign off on every year. And they give out a rule book. Policies might change in there, but we never read it. If the government can't tell you that you have to take the, the vaccine, why would a corporate business being a be able to tell you that shit in america capitalism and money rules everything do you all right so that's all right that's fine yep. you can say that do you think that's morally right morally right no i think that it should be a person's choice if they want to get the vaccine or not mm-hmm. and i'd prefer them to get it you know i prefer everyone to be vaccinated mm-hmm. but um if they don't feel comfortable for whatever reason then you know you shouldn't be forced into it do you think your livelihood should be affected whether or not that whether or not you you get it or not so I mean, that, that's what we're looking right there yeah. i mean that's the nfl that's a big corporation this yeah. is like million dollars and shit like that it's dicey for me because you know I'm i, said, uh, I don't think it's dicey i'm a <laughs> i guess borderline socialist i would call, describe myself as so When it comes to workers' rights and whatnot, yeah, that's really important to me. I think that uh, people's livelihoods, that's not something that you play around with. Mm. You know, and at the same time, it's the double-edged blade is that, uh, you know, I do want this thing to get under control as quickly as possible. And I believe vaccines are the only way to do that at this point. And, you know, it's like, where where is that balance? It's it's, it's tough. But I do think it should be a choice. Um, 
But I think people got to people don't have the time to do the research, I guess, is what it is. I mean, no, it's facts. But people that have gotten the vaccine haven't done the research. It's true, too. So it's hard to advocate for something if, if you haven't actually done the research for it. So, that, I mean, this brings us to the next thing. Um, I don't know. How am I going to present this? All right. So you're seeing mask mandates be lifted. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're also seeing people still get covid right after being vaccinated it's true so in a work environment let's say a memo comes out a memo comes out that you can take your 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 mask off if you're fully vaccinated yep right um in that memo as well it says um you they're just going off the honor system mm-hmm. they're going off the honor system and saying hey if you've been fully vaccinated you can take it off if you haven't been fully vaccinated you have to keep it on but we're not going to ask you whether we're not going to ask for proof yep. that you got it right if you know that there's a lot of cases there's a lot of cases of people that have been vaccinated that have still caught it yep. right if you know that that's still a case how do you promote taking your mask off how do you say that's okay because i i feel like this is kind of a ploy to not to get my conspiracy bag but it kind of exposes who has it and who's not it's circumventing the 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 medical confidentiality that all companies have so the medical confidentiality uh as far as like hipaa i actually did a little research on this too like that only applies between you and your doctor so your doctor can't release your information and whatnot but as far your, as your company can't ask you about your medical situation they can ask you about it you don't have to give them the information though you don't all have right. to divulge that information all right so that's fine that well you're kind of saying what i'm saying you don't have to divulge that situation but if you say you can take your mask off and you have people that have gotten the full vaccination that mm-hmm. take your mask off you have a visual you have pretty much a visual indicator of who's vaccinated and who's not yeah absolutely you're circumventing laws that is that is kind of a circumventing situation, no? I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a You're way to kind of... You're getting information without having to ask for it specifically. Yeah. But again, like you said, it's an honor system and whatnot. If it's mm-hmm. that important to you and, you know, you don't want to wear your mask either, then I guess you, could, you have that option too if you wanted to. That's facts. But you know what I do find interesting in speaking to people that have gotten the vaccine before the vaccine was available? Mm-hmm. You had the maskers and anti-maskers. It's always like polarity. It's uh, always two people that's, clashing that's in politics, America. Man. Yeah, that's, that's how people I mean, get votes. It might just be America. <laughs> like, like it might not even be politics, but yeah. whatever, right? So the people who were pro-mask, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> but uh, the people who were pro- pro-mask would say to the people who were anti-maskers, "Hey, you're putting other people at risk. It's not just about you. You're being selfish if you're not wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. It may not affect you the same person the same way another person would get. You can still pass it. This, that, and the third. Right? right. Let's assume that all the pro-maskers, just for conversation purposes, are now pro-vax vaccine people. Likely." Right. So mm-hmm. now you have a group of pro vaccine people that are taking their mask off mm-hmm. and saying, I'm protected. I can take my mask off. But if you know that there's cases in which you can still get it mm-hmm. and you're still taking your mask off, you are now putting people at risk. So, so you're yeah. flipped. So it's, it's almost I just find it interesting because like it's almost flipped on its head mm-hmm. at this point. Like it, they're in that position in which they're kind of being hypocritical if they're so quick to take their mask off. Yes. And I mean, there's also this, it's, it's the fatigue of this whole pandemic. You know what I mean? That's, that's also the, a, a thing, you know, but uh, it's my understanding too, that, uh, you know, you mentioned that people are still getting infected, uh, that are vaccinated, that, um, the vaccine is not to, to prevent you from getting infected. It does not prevent infection. It prevents disease is the way that I understand it. I explain that. Well, there's another podcast I listen to uh, called this Plug Week. Em. 
Plug them. This week in virology, and um, there are virologists who actually study diseases and whatnot and how they work and pretty much everything about them. This Delta variant that they're talking about all the time, saying how it's more infectious and whatnot, these guys will tell you that there's no data to support that, really. That's really? just something that's being perpetuated and whatnot because it's becoming the more dominant strain right now. It's just, just more fit than the other ones, and it's taken over. It's not that it's more infectious than anything. So, When you say fit, does yeah. that mean it's more having properties that make it more transmissible? I guess that would make, that be. But I mean, could you can screw that and it, it being dangerous then? More dangerous? I don't know because they're not seeing any higher rates of death. I guess, mm. and 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 that's what you would look at for you know whether this is more dangerous than another strain. That's funny, but you let the media tell it, man, this shit is fucking crazy. You know what I saw? Not to remember your point, but I saw a headline that said, that said the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. That, that, this, that's bad, yo. That's well, bad. It, it was recent, you said? Oh yeah, this was within the last couple weeks. Probably because, you know, unvaccinated people are the ones that are dying the Not most. True. I mean, maybe dying, yeah. but they're not the only ones catching this shit. They're not shit. the only ones catching it, no, which is going into what I said before, that it doesn't prevent infection, it just prevents serious disease. All right, but serious disease only according to that one person who has, who has caught it. So you might be safer that you might survive it, mm -hmm. but in the midst of you surviving it, you could pass it to somebody else. It's my understanding, too, that if you're vaccinated, that there's a less chance uh, of you spreading it. because of transmission? You're not, yeah, because you're not getting as much of a viral load when you... Pause. <laughs> You're not, <laughs> you're not getting as much of a viral load, which is basically like an amount of the coronavirus. Okay. Now, right. we'll have to fact check that, folks. Yeah, I got it. This is the, the, the research of Job Forbes. It says, we're just a bunch of idiots. We don't take any of this as medical advice or anything. Do your own research. You're not a doctor? <laughs> not at all. It's not Dr. Jerome Ford? <laughs> I just, I've taken an interest in this. That's all. And, you know, they talk about other viruses on the show, too. But I mainly just stick around for the corona stuff because... I'm not that smart, so just put it where I do understand some things. Okay. But where were we at? I forgot where you were at. You were explaining something. Um told you to remember it and we totally lost it. Yeah, it's all good. We've been whatever. drinking Heineken's. <laughs> These little baby ass ones too. Yeah, I'm not a Heineken fan, but thank you. I never was either, but you know, I'm older, eh, whatever. It's beer. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. He's pointing to his arm over here for some reason. I'm not sure where he's getting at, but maybe the 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 tint, the 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 hue. Um, you don't think it's like a slippery slope that we're on our way to kind of like mandating something that we shouldn't be able to mandate? Uh, or finding ways in order to do so without making it happen without without actually outwardly saying it circumvent we, we touched on it. it was circumventing yeah certain laws in place honestly i think that you know our generation and like just the time that we're in i think we're spoiled man like if you go back years ago you know government had way more control over what people did and didn't do you know and but do you want that i don't i don't necessarily but you know maybe in certain cases like government needs to step in and do some things All right, but that's the thing in certain cases who determines certain cases i mean i guess that's what we vote for isn't well it? that's well you we're not doing that's that. a whole nother we're not doing that <laughs> we're not doing that John. we are not doing that all right so uh full disclosure so when i thought of making this podcast right i was trying to figure out who i wanted to do the podcast with and ended up being brit we love brit obviously um ja was in the running 
But the only reason I might not have never told you this. The <laughs> only reason you got X'd out of the running because I didn't want to talk about fucking politics all fucking day. <laughs> so so this was I, I don't know, like when I meet you, how long has it been? It's been like two thousand How long you been fourteen? The company, yeah. That's how long you've been there? I've been no, I've been there since two thousand and twelve. So I came like right after you because yeah. I was going for your position before yeah. that. Yeah, I got that shit. Motherfucker had write ups though. So <laughs> <laughs> they they it wasn't sending me nowhere. But yeah, I came back maybe like a couple months after you. I'm not even like eight months after you. Yeah, so I introduced uh to uh, I introduced Jada to podcasting. Yeah. As far as like, yo, listen to this, this is interesting. Oh whatever. I think it was and, Rogan. Yeah, I think it was probably Rogan. Mm-hmm. And Jada took that and just took it a mile <laughs> he took it a mile and now he he's an avid podcast listener but all his podcasts too many podcasts too now. many right oh yeah um but all his podcasts were kind of like uh politically political uh, politically inclined let's say politically inclined yeah um so I was like, I kind of don't didn't want to get pigeonholed into having to talk about politics all the time. Yeah. I, we have very contrasting views <laughs> on politics. Uh, I don't know where where were we going with that. Uh, I mean. Oh no! You were saying um, you said in certain cases, right? But like, there's people that determine those certain cases. There there are people that will create a problem in order to get a desired solution. That is true. I mean, that happens. In- How do you trust that? Oh, that's why I brought it up. Right. So like, if we know certain things to be true, looking back in history, because you brought back in history, mm-hmm. um, you know, you say we have it spoiled or whatever. But if we know certain things to be true about any government agency, especially the pharmaceutical company, and this is what I want to talk to you about. When we have talked politics, you have you have been so against lobbying, lobbyists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's corrupt. Especially pharmaceutical, big pharma. Yeah. You know what I mean? How in the world have we gotten to a point as a society, not just you, that we trust big pharma? After talking all this shit about big pharma for years, how in the world have we gotten to a point where we we trust that they're not capitalist? Well, they are capitalists. I know. They are. But at the same time, though, if you're in the pharmaceutical industry, like your best bet is to, to keep people alive, but maybe still taking your... I challenge that. You challenge it. I challenge that. Okay. All right, but keeping people alive doesn't doesn't equate the quality of life. It's true. If you're in the pharmaceutical company, keeping people alive is keeping them just sick enough to have to keep coming and get your medicine. That's that's a good point. But um, at the same time, too, I would note that um, it's also indicative on us as people, you know, as c- citizens. I would say. To actually stop being lazy and actually look into this stuff, yo. Like, I don't want to go off the word of a politician either, mm. but you need to go and you need to see track records. But it doesn't even have to be a politician. The way society is put in place, like this is going to be on the lowest level. This can be a nefarious doctor. This is a doctor getting kickbacks because he's promoting a drug that he hasn't fully vetted. Like this right. is a system problem. So that's why it's hard for me to just go, hey, politicians. Like it's not just politicians. It's not. I mean, it's, it's, it's a... There's a large web of different paces that it touches, you know what I mean? Is that the doctors sometimes don't do enough research on products that they're promoting, right? Mm. And they're getting kickbacks, it seems like, from it. That might be in some cases, right? But in other cases, doctors, you know, it could have been their medical training or whatnot. But we're science and medicine and whatnot, like it, it does the best that it can at the time, right? And I know it's always constantly evolving and changing. Mm. So go back a few years ago, right? Would there have been, would you have been able to live with cancer or whatnot? You know what I mean? Like, it's still tough now, but you know, treatments come out all the time and it's it's difficult. It's a difficult position to be in. I understand that. But um, 
some people say like, oh, the vaccine's unnatural or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like we're not supposed to live as long as we do either. That's a function of vaccines. That's fact. That's a function of medicine and whatnot too. All so right, so let me get my conspiracy bag though. If we're not, <laughs> if that's a problem, uh-huh. then we're not supposed to be living as long as as long as we are. Right. You get into the population control situation. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, but we're not gonna go down this shit. But that's where you get like, son, shit get deep, bro. Like shit, shit can get deep. But the thing is that we do live this long, though, right? So what is the population control coming for that? Is that you want me to say it out loud? Or? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you want to go ahead. Nah, this I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I think there's there is mechanisms put in place. I mean, they talk about it. Oh, I don't think we have any population control. To be honest with you, like, oh, no, there's some population control. I mean, you can go, you can go to resources being allocated outside of the hood. Mm-hmm. As far as being population control, you can talk about lifespans uh, in different environments. Yeah, like you know I, what I'm I'll, saying. I'll, so I'll, like there is there is whether that's that's deliberate or not mm-hmm. i mean we can go down the the wormhole the rabbit hole and and see but like not all not everything's a conspiracy like if you're talking about in the hood you know we're talking about the crack crack epidemic right like that that was a thing that happened you know what i mean that's if you want to consider that population control i would agree with you i would that, absolutely agree with you facts but do you think it stops there um I think people are flawed and they get into positions where they can enact mm-hmm. certain nefarious things and I, we see it like the slow leaks of stuff like the slow the stuff we find out these covert operations after the fact mm-hmm. these are things that we would know oh no we would never do that well, it depends on who you ask <laughs> that depends solely on who you ask i mean yeah that's facts that's <laughs> you know, facts to uh, segue real quick to a different topic that wasn't on the list but if you look at what's going on with cuba right now right uh, I, I'm not that well versed into it. Yeah. Um, haven't looked into it. I, I've heard conflicting things. What do you What do you know about it? I mean, we've had an embargo on Cuba for the last almost sixty years, uh-huh. right? In this country, and um, that's basically kind of to strangle the people that live there, right? And you know, when once Trump came in, Obama was trying to relax kind of uh, relations with Cuba. Trump came in, and he you know he immediately put sanctions on him too, on top of the embargo. I guess optics wise, it would look like you know this socialist country is is going through it because of socialism. Exactly the point, right? And now throw on top of that the pandemic too. So now tourism is out of the way because that's you know that's one of their biggest industries in Cuba. So now we're putting a stranglehold on them. And we're like, oh, look at these socialists, you know? This is why socialism never works. And it's like, well, you actively making sure that it doesn't work anywhere. And then you're pointing the finger. So if we really wanted to help these people, right? You know, all these people, oh, help Cuba, you know, let Cubans come here and whatnot. Just release the sanctions and the embargo. And then let them, let them get, let them partake in the global economy mm-hmm. to take care of themselves. And I'd love to see what happens in that case. But All right, so in an in a, in a abstract way, I can say these sanctions and stuff come from people with nefarious intention mm-hmm. and could be a form of population control. I don't think it's necessarily population control. I think that we have interest there, right? Mm-hmm. They want to bring in American business, same way they do everywhere. Same thing in Venezuela. Uh-huh. Right? Same exact same situation. It's not an embargo, but there's sanctions. And... Um, you know, it's we want what something that's there that they have. We want it. I mean, I, I feel like that's the most American thing ever. Absolutely. American is apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Well, segue. I mean, we, we've been talking about population control, and there's a report that uh, India proposes two-child limit policy yeah. um, of couples that volunteer to sterilize themselves. Uh, they could get cash benefits. India is suggesting a two-child limit policy to get control of its growing population. Uh, and couples who volunteer, blah, blah, blah. As of 2019, there are 1.6 billion people in India, and the numbers continue to grow because of this. The two most populous states in China. Uh, I don't know how to say those words. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I was talking to Brit about this, and I wish she was here to speak on it. But we came to an interesting conversation in which, um, <laughs> for lack of a better better reaction, Britt was just like, good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And she was she was pretty much like, you know, I see people that have hella kids that shouldn't have kids. She's yeah. idiots make children. Yeah. Idiots keep making children. You don't need more idiots in this world. Yeah. And 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 so I get that sentiment, but I think it's super dangerous to start like limiting how many children people How can many have? children people can have, or not? Let's not even bring the children. Like when I mean, you can bring circle back to the vaccine when you start policing people's bodies. And you know what I do find interesting? That's why I wish Britt was here because uh, we kind of we didn't disagree on this. Like we both saw it was like an amicable conversation because we both saw the the dangers of both sides. Okay, yeah. Um, but you know, there is a huge push for pro choice. Okay. And one of the bullet points of pro choice is like you have no business dictating what I can do with my body. I'm a hundred percent I'm a hundred percent in favor of pro choice. Mm -hmm. I see this as no difference. Okay. How can the government tell you to do anything with your body? Depends on what it is though, right? Like if you want to talk about people's rights, like your right to swing your arm stops at my face. You know what I mean? No, it don't. Sure, it does. I'll knock you the fuck Cause, out. Cause one, <laughs> I mean, because once you do that, then the government gets involved, right? But, but let's bring let's bring it to child. Okay. Let's bring it to children. Right. Do you think anybody has the right to tell you you can't have children? I mean, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. All right. So, you know, that's why, you know, when China did that same policy a while back, I get why they wanted to do it. There's three billion people in the damn country, yo, and y'all motherfuckers having too many babies. And a lot of the times, too, you know, China's poor, or at least they were. Now they're, you know, the second biggest no, economic yeah, power looking to pass shit. us. Right. So, and I think India is in similar circumstances, you know, where there's a lot of poor people that live there too. And they're usually the ones that are having babies, you know, for different reasons. I've heard for reasons of the parents needing help. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the more children you have, the more chances you have for somebody to take care of you listen, when you're older. Listen, listen, when, when you're bored and you don't have any <laughs> money, People fuck. Yeah, fuck it. People yeah, fuck. People fuck. Let's, let's just be completely honest about this. <laughs> well, this is what some of the data I've seen says, at least anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can, you know, necessarily. It's, it's hard to navigate that. You know what I mean? Can people just keep on having babies too? It's this is it. We have a limited space on this planet, so it's 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 a it's tough either way you look at it. So uh, you say like we have limited space on this planet. The population control is not that far-fetched of a concept if you're seeing headlines like this yeah hmm. the global population is not at a standstill though it keeps on increasing year after year so i don't think i mean maybe you can say that this population control in isolated you know circumstances maybe if it appears anywhere it could be a problem though. all right i mean I'm, i wouldn't put it past it i'm, I'm not uh Okay. All right. We agree. We agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that there's uh, not a possibility for for it. So, 
Sure. All right. All right. Um, but also know that uh, I think it was one of the Nordic countries, too, that they passed something in reverse, that uh, they didn't have enough babies. So they were passing government incentives that we will give you money to have more children. And it's been working for them, too. I mean, we got that now. We were just talking about the other day at work. Right. Like they monetized having children. I think it's totally. Let me stop. I don't have children. I think it's Maybe I'll between... say a different tune. I'll say, I might oh, be sure singing a different fucking sure tune when fuck I can claim will. somebody on my tax. <laughs> you sure the hell will. What the hell? I had a check on the table just a second ago from the government, man. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> but uh, no, it's in the sense that, uh, you know, the government, I guess, or the people in charge of it, they figure that, you know, if you have children, you essentially, you need, you have more responsibility. You know, you have another mouth to feed so you might need a little more help <laughs> it's hard it's, it's different hard. in the case of tax credits and whatnot. i just feel like that's a that's a, a choice you made yeah where's this money coming from am i paying for your children in some sense yeah that's bullshit <laughs> because if i wanted to pay for children i'd have them already i mean it's, it's and i don't get the kickback we don't get to choose where our taxes go that's the problem. Well, that's the biggest problem right, right there. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily is a problem because, you know. It well, it's a problem when you look at these. Go places. It is a problem, job because it's a problem when you look at this, the state of some neighborhoods. It's mm -hmm. a problem when the resources are lacking in this place and over in abundance somewhere else. That'll be used for anything, though. Like uh, they passed a bill for uh, black farmers, right? Getting mm -hmm. uh, money, which they should after all the shit that they've been through over the last, you know, century. But mm -hmm. um, people would argue that I don't want my money going to just black farmers or something like that. It, 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 we don't get to control where the money goes. We, as a society, elected officials that we put in place, whether knowingly or not, you know, they get to make the decisions. Do you think we put them in place? <laughs> I do. On the on the population type shit, yeah. this this brings us into uh, uh, the billionaire space race. Mm. You oh, brought this up. What you got for me, uh, billionaire space race? Yeah, man. So I mean, most people know that uh, Jeff Bezos just went into space before him. Uh, it's another guy from where the hell is he from? England, I think it is. I forget the guy's name, man. But um, they went up into space and whatnot just to show that uh, you know, hey, look, they they're pre they're presenting it as this is something that's good for humanity low look at where we're headed and whatnot but uh -huh. for me my perspective all i see is a bunch of rich fuckers not knowing what to do with their fucking money fucking peasants yeah exactly exactly shitting on the rest of us and and bezos he actually at the when he finally came back down he did a press conference and whatnot and you know i think he's being dead serious about it but he's like you know this is all because of you the customers and the amazon workers and yeah obviously you're not even paying them right though. yeah you know they, they're suffering conditions i didn't know that they had in some cases amazon cut, cut workers uh pay in some cases uh because of the pandemic that's crazy. That is crazy, isn't it? Dang, no, that's insane. You know, I don't know if people really understand the concept of a billion dollars. Either. Like a billion dollars is a lot of money. There's a video on YouTube that you can find where this guy, he breaks it down in grains of rice. Mm -hmm. And each grain of rice is worth $100,000. So it's not even worth a dollar. And the pile for like what Jeff Bezos has, I think it's like $190 million, uh, billion. It's this, he had to get like bags and bags of rice it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And when you take from that, like, all right, we're saying to tax these people a little bit higher, right? To pay for some of the things that benefit everybody as a society. Yeah. It's, it's like, it doesn't even, you can't even tell it's missing from the pile. It's crazy. Yeah. So do you think, uh, we've talked about this before off the pot, like, do you think, what, do you, what is the solution? Don't you think somebody should be able to make as much money as possible if that is their goal? Like, I mean, in a free society, you can, you can 
choose to to work and and make money if you want to yeah but as a society i think that we need to take care of the society mm-hmm. and and some pe- people are not gonna like it but i think there should be a maximum wage that you can make a maximum wage yeah before which tell me more about that so this is an idea that's been proposed in some cases that uh you know a billion dollars is excessive you know maybe you should be capped out at that right if that's the case you know or even if you want to put in a marginal tax rate. So after a billion dollars, make a marginal tax rate of every dollar after that gets taxed at a certain rate. Mm-hmm. And that'll go back to, you know, government, which can pay for whatever programs you need to pay for. Right. Medicare for all, for instance. Right. Which mm-hmm. would be great for everybody as a country, uh, as our country. But, um, you know, people don't like that because this is this idea in America of just being able to amass unlimited wealth and whatnot. Like that's a guess the american dream for some people but me i'm a simple man i just want a house with a white picket fence i know yeah i mean but it's subjective what a simple man is like you know what i'm saying but my thing it sounds great mm-hmm. that sounds like a very good idea but if i've created something that has amassed this amount of money mm-hmm. i'm just speaking That's if, I'm where in, it gets dicey. if i'm in that position mm-hmm leave my fucking pockets alone that's where it gets dicey though is that you created what did you create necessarily did you create the the technology the machinery and whatnot that's in your factory probably not you had an idea in jeff bezos's case that you know this is how this stuff is yeah but doesn't everybody build on what exists already oh exactly though and that's the case for giving back to the society that's the case for you know without your workers that you don't amass any of that wealth right Mm. So some people will say that, uh, oh, well, the workers, I can just get more. Well, if all the workers are in lockstep and say that, hey, you know, we're all this is what used to happen back when unions were stronger, that we are a block. Right. And the more power that we have, the more that we can force, you know, higher wages for workers. So that, you Jeff know, people, will never let them unionize. Was that he'll never let them unionize. Oh, hell no. You saw what they did in Alabama. Huh? What happened? They were they tried to unionize in Alabama and they. You know, the kibosh on that the shit. The company's not supposed to get involved, but they managed to, uh, you know, do a little sneaky things and whatnot, and uh, it ended up not going through. All right, so, I mean, let's, let's look at this uh, objectively, though. Mm-hmm. Imagine, on a scale, on a scale, okay. you're a homeowner, yeah, you own property. Right. Right? To somebody else, you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, you're a billionaire. Okay. Right? Not really, but... <laughs> Yeah, I understand but, where you're going. But to somebody else on a scale, you're, you're, I mean, you're, this well is, this, you're, you're well off. Mm-hmm. Would you uh, be okay with a higher tax on your tax bracket in order to take care of the fellow person who might not be putting in the same amount of work? So again, it comes down to like, do you have the means to support that? Like these people we're talking about, again, it goes to the grains of rice. You can take a billion dollars away and not even notice. Like that's that's where it comes in. If you take... If you take $1,000 from somebody like me, I'm going to feel that. That's going to hurt. Taking $1,000 from Jeff Bezos or even a billion dollars from Jeff Bezos, that, that, I don't feel that at all. Yeah, interesting. You, you know Van Jones? Yeah. I think after, after uh, Jeff Bezos came down from <laughs> the fucking moon, uh, <laughs> I think he gave like Van Jones like $100 million just to do whatever he wanted with it. Just to do what he wanted? Hold on. I got to look that up. Yeah, yeah I definitely need to hear about that one. That's crazy. Hold on. Keep talking. Yeah. I mean, again, I have a different opinion when it comes to uh, making money in America and whatnot. And I want as many people to be in good shape as possible because it it helps us as a country as a whole. And um, 
the more people you have on welfare, the more people that you have uh, needing assistance, mm. that, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to say that it's a drain on society. That's one way to describe it. But um, there's always going to be people that need help. And you might be one of those people at one point. A lot of people, because of the pandemic, needed help. There were food lines that were going on for miles. Right. And we need to have the infrastructure in place for when shit like that happens. Yeah, nobody's talking about it. It was a heist, man. Yeah. It really was a pandemic. <laughs> Jeff Bezos gives Van Jones $100 million after returning from space. After his historic space flight, billionaire Jeff Bezos decided to gift a couple of his friends $100 million. And one of those lucky friends was Van Jones. Bezos gave $100 million each to CNN political commentator Jones and chef Jose Andres with no stipulations. They mm. can give it all to their own charity um, at a press conference after his trip to space or they can share the wealth. It's up to them. Mm. I feel. How you feel? Uh, I mean, that's just money changing hands. From my kind of cynical brain when it comes to giving money, I'm like maybe for some favorable press. But I, I think Van Jones you has a little more integrity some, than that. You probably, you probably need some favorable press favorable press after after going out of space well definitely you know how much they say that joint they said it was like 28 million dollars uh, a minute or something like that a few hundred a few million a minute all right, like but that. if you accidentally let me ask you if you accidentally made that much money yeah you going out of space i mean i've told you in the past that like it's it's a it'd be a dream of mine yeah look to go into space you. absolutely look at absolutely em. but you know at the same time too i could do that and again, one notice it. It's not going to affect my overall wealth at all. I could still give back too, which is, it, it wouldn't be a problem for me. I don't know if I could even necessarily be a billionaire, man, because there's so much shit that has to get done. There's so much shit that you could be putting your money towards now. I mean, but that just depends on if you're altruistic by nature. I guess, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, we are about an hour and 20 in. Yeah, so now you a busy man that. yeah it's about an hour and 17 minutes in i think we gonna call it for this episode yeah man that's a good one yo yeah, that's, that's a, a good little, little conversation yeah, yeah, yeah congratulations <laughs> congratulations appreciate you for having me on too man oh uh, uh, no problem no problem see you need to get your social media presence up yeah so so i can i can i can push people to you you know what I mean, i'm saying yeah it's something that i might have to dabble into a little bit but yeah we definitely need to do this again man this Absolutely. is dope you know um yeah um we appreciate all the listens thank you for tapping into another episode of the bz podcast thank you again to jerrell forbes appreciate you uh for filling in and we will be back next week i don't know what song i'm going to be playing at the beginning or end of this i'll figure it out um but yeah definitely tap in and uh enjoy your week enjoy everything love life we are out of here we will talk to you next week i'll take your lights peace